Welcome to the Fantasy Take TV Round 19 podcast on the agenda today. We're going to go over a few things. We're going to go over our biggest regret for the season, go over some hot topics in the AFL. We have a Q&A. A lot of people are asking, I really want to do shorter Stewart, stuff like that. We'll go over that. Um, some rookies finally got Hollands. We'll speak about that. And some captain options. I don't think it's that straightforward, the captains. So that'll be very important uh, to make up some ground with captains. So we'll go over that. Um, without further ado, we'll introduce the boys and OJD. How are you? Good, Jordan. Good, thanks, George. Great. Uh, JD, we'll start with you. How did you go this week? Uh, a very, very good week for me. So at 24.99, I'm up to 20th overall. So yeah, flying. Oh, wait. <laughs> Supercoach. Sorry. Uh, Supercoach. Oh, look. Supercoach was a good week as well. Um, I had a 24.92, which I actually think was the top score out of the three. How many week. times have you beat your Supercoach score with your fantasy score, you reckon? <laughs> it has. It happens a little bit, actually. It's a bit surprising. And like, it's not even like I had a bad Supercoach score. I think That's my Supercoach I mean. yeah. score was top... 600 for the week but my fantasy score was like top 30 so uh, and that was with the redmond injury but anyway uh so yeah i'm over i'm into 3.7k overall now which is really good like it wasn't that long ago i was still outside the 10k and i think the last five or so weeks have really come home pretty strong which was great made just the one trade which was hewitt out to harry himmelberg which i'm very pleased with given he popped a 130 for me on debut very, Very good. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that trade that JD didn't just wish I had the extra, I think, 5K or something to make it because I scored 2,422 and went up, I think, 700 spots. So, yeah, like JD, you've kind of been going up a 1,000 spots every week. And then, obviously, as you get higher, it sort of slows down a bit. But sort of relative each week, been going up. Uh, pretty similarly, but yeah, DC had to go, traded him out to Dylan Moore, who I sort of identified as my number one option. Um, Rowan Marshall was probably the second one, which would give me some cash in the bank, but I just like Dylan Moore uh, with his role and uh, his matchup. But it only left me like 2K or 3K in the bank, which meant I really had only option to, to trade Hewitt out to was Doc. So, I mean, Doc, he, he kind of got uh, some points in the end, but it was pretty disappointing early so he couldn't really um couldn't really gather back that that lost uh time he, he had at the start he was just yeah clangers everywhere he wasn't hitting targets and then junk time doesn't really help so 100% would have gone Himmelberg with JD if I had the cash but unfortunately Himmelberg he's been too good he's shot himself up too much in price uh, and DC sort of dropped too much the week prior where it just didn't work out so I think that's happened to me a few times this year but it is what it is how about you Jules? Looks like you guys did some very successful trades. Some fantastic work. Uh, scored 2,360. So I think that's five weeks in a row I've lost to both of you guys. <laughs> uh, no <laughs> trades. I've been ranked. I finished the buys at 2K rank and I've made 200, 200 spots in about, when was the buys? Like six, seven weeks. Um, like six weeks. So I haven't really made any ground and I haven't been able to do any trades because as you guys told me, uh, don't trade, <laughs> don't use 10 trades in five weeks or whatever it was. So um, yeah, I can't make any moves, but uh, this week I might, even though I say that every week. So uh, yeah, team did good. Laird has been super good for me. I've just slapped the captain on him. My captain record hasn't been good uh, first half of the year, but just been chucking it on Laird and Oliver and it's been working out really well. Um, but yeah, I think we'll move on to the next topic. So leagues, you know, how are we doing? 
Well, I thought we should. I mean, we did it last week, I think. Quickly chucked up how some leagues are going because, yeah, we didn't mention it too much early because it was a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a shit show at the start of the year. But no, we we couldn't find them. They were way down. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Took a while didn't for us have to come internet. back. I, like I was just having a look at my history. Right, like round seven, I was twenty eight k. Round twelve, I was still like. Uh, twenty thousand. So yeah, it's only in the last six seven weeks have gone from twenty thousands to to you know three and a half k or whatever it is now. You can make pretty similar, JD. So yours look pretty similar to this. We're just sort of. Oh, I mean, we're non Brody owners, so uh, yeah. probably f- forward yeah. ahead to another topic we'll talk about. But this is where we started dropping. He was going well, and then we've just sort of made our way back slowly. Yeah, I mean, I'm non Sicily owner as well, but yeah, like my charts yeah. are like, uh, quite similar. And you just see, like, not having the value through the first seven weeks is awful. But then once you finally start getting to an almost complete team as well, it negates that. And if you've picked other good players, then you can make a yeah. comeback. But yeah, yeah we, were, we were moaning about it a little bit beforehand that if we'd both started, the, we'd probably be top 1,000 or, or thereabouts. <laughs> it is what it is. But in, I guess you call the 18 team league still the main league ranking we have uh the sweats league which we sort of i don't know we gathered a few of the the more hardcore players at the start of the year we got tommy as the well sweaty players uh, the sweaty players tommy was back to back top 10 and he's uh i mean shout out tommy if you're watching but he's actually sort of anchoring this league <laughs> oh, <laughs> him, and, no. uh, him and zach uh zach rocket so shout out to you boys but um i think it's got like everyone top mostly like top four or five k so i mean it doesn't even look when you look at the rankings like it's going too well but i guess the collective um of everyone being sort of top three or four k sort of helps i think next ones maybe uh oh we've done this content creators one where we've sort of got that in with a few of the dr Supercoach boys but i remember pistol telling us his leaks doesn't work because of the the expert thing <laughs> so he, they probably can't see it uh, and then I think there was, yeah, like, you know, Regs 2's here and uh, I think... Regs yeah. 2 beating oh, Regs 1 is... Yeah. For, That's for not the good. Discord. And then There's the other one, some, I guess... some people getting relegated <laughs> yeah. next year for sure. <laughs> Promotions coming from Regs 2. Oh, here and then go. the other That's one, the I will show again, just to piss George off, is the drafted teams. JD's Let's go, on boys. Top. Let's well, go, much? boys. Oh, still a couple of thousand to me. Oh, we're, so. we're growing. I think we're growing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't think I'm catching you, but... I know who's not catching us, and that's George's oh, team no. down in 20th. Down to 20th. Stop scrolling. You're doing Oh, it. my uh, goodness. I don't know what's going on there, George. You have to – you're not the greatest GM, I don't think, but – No. Like, a bit like the crumb. Oh, yeah, bet on par, I think. Yeah, can't drafts, apparently, just like the crumb. Exactly right. So, leagues are – yeah, we're getting there. But yeah, look, we had none up there at the start of the year, so they are slightly making a comeback. Not as good as last year, though, right? We had a lot up there last year. Yeah, it just goes to show you um, how important it is to – even though, you know, you miss out on a few picks early, once you're finishing team – you know, if your finishing team's really good, like you guys – you guys can actually finish. I think and I think you'll go top 1K for the year. And I think, JD, you'll go really, really close. It'll be down to the last round, I think, the way you guys are going. Uh, so, it should um, be insane because this year has felt so awful. Like, it has felt yeah. so bad. To even have a sniff of it is insane to me. Yeah, I didn't expect it. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of players, like, you guys have Merritt and Sinclair, and it just it kills my soul every week watching them score 130. <laughs> And um, Sinclair run around with no one on him. <laughs> yeah, he's got two takes come up. So <laughs> yeah, fingers the thing crossed. Is right. Yep. Um, yep. But anyway, I'll go over some. Uh, our first topic is uh, just a quick one on Supercoach. Our biggest regret for the season. So trade in, trade out. Maybe you 
uh, poor thinking behind something. Um, I'll, I'll start off, I think. So my biggest regret, and okay, I can, there's a few, the first two rounds. Um, I actually think the one I that annoys me the most is actually going Christian Petrarca because I never like picking players that have slight injury cl- clouds on them. And he said that he has to manage his knee for like the rest of his career, basically. So picking him in a mid slot, while he has been good at times, I think there were weeks, I think he had like a five-week average of 80 or something. And in the midfield, you can't have that. Yeah, but like, so, this is this is so unfair because he did get sick, right? Like he had bad flu game, uh, which is like part of the reason why he dropped off for a bit. And then he came good after the buys again. And now he's just like, his variance is insane. It's through the roof. So like round eleven we had fifty three. That was his flu game, right? He's no MJ. Let's let's go. And then uh, like seventy the week after, and then he was fine after that. So that's a little bit unfortunate. So I think if you take those out, he's otherwise been okay. Not good enough though. Even with those, <laughs> there's so many good premium mids. Like I'm locked out of steel. Um, like Mills has been good, although his CBA has oh, dropped. So if he'd picked up steel at the same time, you'd be much more upset because he missed five yeah. weeks or whatever it was. <laughs> to be honest, it would have been him the other one. Yeah. I think I had money at the time, but I decided but I to save money. But I think the thinking behind <laughs> it is I didn't like the fact there was a bit of talk about his knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what annoyed me the most that I just did it because it suited the money suited what I was trying to mm-hmm. achieve. So I'm probably not going to pick track again. Maybe like a post buy thing if he's cheap, a bit like last year, how he was really good. But um, yeah, if I like money's not an issue, I don't really want to pick him again. But yeah, it's just the fact that it was the murmurs about his knee picking him that that kind of annoyed me. So, but yeah, there's a lot of other things that have been worse. But that was just one fundamental that to me I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson. Yeah, so um, same round I picked up Petrarca, I picked up Jordan Dugowie, who's been even worse. Aware. This is part of like, if I had Brody, would I have ever picked Dugowie? And the answer is no. Um, so that's probably where it pains me the most. So I think the learning here with Dugowie was, even though he had high CBAs at the time, he wasn't staying up around the ball. Uh, and so it's just one to, to look at. Like CBAs aren't the be and end all. You do have players to get high CBAs, but then move into the forward line or another position on the ground, and you have to check that. So that's a bit of a rookie mistake from me and a learning from next year. I would say the other mistake I made was getting Zorko in round nine. So that was a little bit of a desperation play to get a, a cheap player just so I could make my other trades work. Uh, getting like, you know, Bailey Smith the week after and that type of stuff. But it, it's a little bit like what we talked about with Hall as well. These injury history players you can pick him for a few weeks at the end and it's okay but picking someone of his age with soft tissue injury with 14 games left in the year was a recipe for disaster and i really should have known better so yeah those those be the ones i call out uh and what about yourself any any name and shame without sounding like i'm big upping myself but a lot of my <laughs> trades i'm no i'm not too upset with so obviously number one me and jd we didn't speak about is will Brody never getting him so i guess we could say that's a regret you get not getting sicily as well those are too easy like that one i think is just too easy but the fact that i didn't get will Brody and pretty much uh still like we said in somehow in contention for top 1k means i've mostly brought in uh every you know every other player and sort of nailed it obviously bailey smith that hurts he what happened there i got jack Steele in you know he, he gave me a couple Just of 70s shot it. those ones you can't get angry at i think the ones and types of trades i'm upset with and and that were the worst uh like i could probably be sitting here with four or five trades if i didn't do dylan stevens to bj williams zero gain from that 
Uh, and then the other ones were the the uh, Carroll, Jack Carroll, sideways from C-Mac. You know, look, that did, um, I think, no, that didn't even make a trade work. That was, I was sidewaysing Barry to Cameron that round to DC. So that's a wasted trade thinking I was getting a playing player during the buys, which didn't happen anyway. So I could probably be two, and there's probably a third I'm missing here. Oh, the Owens debacle, I traded him out and got him back the week four, and then he got me a 20 and wasn't even mm. worth it either. So there's probably three trades there that just were wasted um, on rookies, like not even the premium side of things. So, look, uh, I could be sitting here with maybe even three or four trades still and have some more luxuries, but um, I guess we always trades every year. No one's no one's perfect, and when you got 35, it's pretty hard to be perfect. This just feels like you can waste a few, but be good to nail every trade every year, but obviously it's never going to happen. So, um, yeah, I think mine's more not with the premiums selections. Most I've uh, I've been okay with the decision making behind it. Like even English, you know. Yeah, he's been disappointing since we got him, but like we got concussed, and uh, you know what? What do you want to do? Like he's come back, been alright this week, finally. But um, still okay with the process of that trade. But yeah, I think there's just a lot of those examples, and, and none. I'm totally upset that I went. Oh, why the hell did I get this guy? Like, I guess the maybe the one would be Paddy Cripps. Like eventually succumbing to that, and then watching him score, you know, two tons for me in ten weeks. And then eventually sidewaysing him, and then him uh, going 120 when I don't have him. So <laughs> thanks, Paddy boy. <laughs> and Brayshaw well, got about 40 in, points what, on the Brayshaw trade already. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. But I think yeah, all in all, the biggest regret besides Brody is just a couple of rookie crappy sideways, maybe. So. So you really haven't done much wrong, I think. Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't be at 2.6k if I if I hadn't, you know, without Brody uh, from since the start. So. Um, I think we've seen it with maybe other people um, that didn't have him. You just It's hard to make ground, and I've somehow done it through trades. But, um, yeah, it's been a weird year. It's been a weird year. The, the boosts and everything thrown up a bit of a left-field thing as well. Like, yeah, I think it's a learning curve. Yep. So before we get into the Q&A, uh, we're going to go over some hot topics that are going on in the AFL. So the sub rule, the draws, high tackle rule and also talk about the d's quickly so i won't spend too long on this but just as a bit of fun um boys what are your thoughts on the sub rule so we saw the debacle with uh richmond the uh full body cramp slash groin slash calf to ben miller uh jd what did you think of the sub rule and what do you think uh what do you think it means if they change it um for super coach uh, I mean, firstly, fair play to Richmond because if the AFL is going to leave a loophole open to exploit, you want your team to be doing everything they can to get the wins, right? So I think that's fair play to them. It's not really on the AFL to decide what they want to do with the sub rule. Do they want it to be as originally intended, which uh, is that it should only be used for like genuine injury, in which case they need to put safeguards in place. So if you get subbed out, you automatically miss next week. So it, it can't be abused for non-injury purposes. Or do they want it to be a tactical thing where teams can use it whenever they choose, in which case there should be no restrictions on it and teams just get to decide when to activate it or not. So I think like the middle road they've taken at the moment is just awful. Uh, in terms of like what it means to Supercoach, the, if they go the tactical route, uh, I would hate it. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before, like the old, the old horrible way that it used to work was just terrible for Supercoach because you'd have players that get you know subbed out at halftime or halfway through the third quarter and just give you terrible scores, especially rookies that they're looking to manage on game time. It's just so bad for Supercoach. So I would hate 
hate it from that perspective. Uh, but it would have been great this year because Brody would have got subbed out at three-quarter time for the first <laughs> month to two months straight. It would have saved my He year. lives rent-free in your head. Both of you When I close hey, my eyes like at night, said, I have nightmares about Will Brody winning balls in the bottom of packs, handballing it out. Like you said, closing off that... Um, that antipod at the start of the year, George. I'm I'm happy you did that because you'd be experiencing this, but you'd be like even worse than us. You'd be absolutely hating no, it. I, I can't take antipods <laughs> even now. You like, couldn't take it for two weeks. We've taken it for twenty. So hey, we yeah. haven't been that bad. We could have been a lot worse. <laughs> so yeah. I I was looking by the way um, on Supercoach data for people that don't own Brody and Sicily to see who the highest ranked is. And now it doesn't <laughs> mean they didn't have more year because I'm guessing some people had Brody and traded him out at max price. But no second prizes who looks like he's going to overtake Tommy for rank one on Hall of Fame this year. Doesn't have either, and he's placed 58th overall at the moment. So big shout out. He is my absolute (laughs) hero to have avoided them all year and be like, you know, top 100. That is just insane to me. Only cost him 50 grand, but move on. (laughs) (laughs) He must have traded him out, right? They can't be that high without getting the value through him. I reckon he'll move him on. Yep. yeah, the only other thing I'll say in the sub rule is uh, it's got to go the way of tactical uh, or like be free to use it, which of course, like we said, sucks for fantasy because rookies that are the sub are going to come on no matter what. I mean, it's if you can use it whenever you want, it'd be rare for them to just sit there and not be used. So it'd be terrible. But even doing the one-week injury thing, like I think it's still kind of unfair because some injuries you can recover from uh, in a week. So it's still got the bit of gray area or not gray area. Cause it'll be, you know, a blanket one week, but it'll be probably unfair is more of what I'd say. Like, you know, you could roll your ankle, but, and get subbed off, but, um, then you can still probably somehow get through to get the next week. But yeah, anyway, I think it just should be because back in the day, what we were saying before it was 22 players still, and one was the sub. So, but now it's 23. So I think if they just make it where you can use it whenever you want, uh, keep it 23, then it adds maybe a bit of tacticians to the game. You know, coaches can pick subs accordingly. Of course, it will suck for fantasy. Rookies will be losing money left and right. But um, for footy, I think that's the best option. Um, I hope, yeah, for super coach sake, I hope they keep it currently because if they're going to loophole it, use a loophole, then they sub out the taller players in the wet and whatnot, which doesn't really matter <laughs> for super coach. I don't really care too much, but. Or what about just five on the bench, George? No subs. Yeah, and people are going to cry about when a player goes down then more rotations for the team, more warm bodies on the bench and but stuff. But the rotations are capped, right? So you still can only do so many. But Yeah, that's true. I I'd, I'd rather that I'd rather that no sub, just as long as uh, civic coach number one priority for me, but it's <laughs> the AFL. Now the draws. So I, my take on the draws uh, in during the regular season, so I think it's stupid to have draws at any point. I think it's should be instead of winning like next score wins because you don't want to see the team handballing it through the points and winning the game i think it should be win by six That's next goal do you mean so the, no, just win, go by six. The, uh, win by no, six you get six points <laughs> no no i like no, i reckon if you keep getting points the other team scores a goal then you still got to win by six so, the goal's not the, enough. It could be first goal wins, right? Like you could have someone clear the ball out 
within 30 seconds and win it. But what if they kick seven behinds and then they kick a goal and they're still they're behind? Couldn't they, they still like go on for ages, George? Like we saw the third quarter of the Tigers game. It's like no, yeah. no it was yeah. crap. It's gonna have to go eventually. for another 20 minutes. <laughs> so what, anyway. what I would do? Nah, is, I don't know. I think I think there's some concern with it going too long because the problem is like it's game's not already like, pretty long. Yeah, well, and the problem is like you can have 10, 15 minute periods where teams don't score or they only score a point each. And so uh, the thing I'd hate to avoid is multiple overtimes during regular season where it just spends a team for next week. So I think what they like, what what should happen is they have like the NFL type system where you have like overtime for five minutes. And if you don't have a winner at the end, then it's just a draw. Yeah. So it's almost like there's almost like a play on period. We're trying to not have draws though. What's the point? Well, it's just rare that if you go for another five minutes that you have a draw. And if you do still have a draw at that point, then like so be it. But I think the biggest reason, by the way, I think that they should figure out something is someone said it like, like the draw is great history as part of the game or whatever, but you're robbing teams of like those game winning moments. Um, Like, you know, Jamie Elliott's, kick after the siren right to win this week was epic. Can you imagine how much more epic that would be if it was in an overtime or something like that, you know, from the game before with with Tigers and uh, Freo? Uh, like, that that goes down in history as, like, uh, you know, one of the best finishes of all time, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I, but I do think that you, you can't just have it keep going on and on and on because you actually spend players for for next week which is not good and and you should still be trying to avoid that yeah i won't say much more as though it probably looks like i'm coming from some point of bias just being affected by it but the draw kind of stuffs up the ladder a bit too and people will say well stiff stiff shit you'll you know you didn't win but like the percentage is a good earmark of of teams and obviously you got to win games to get up the ladder but it just completely writes off the percentage that a team's built over the season which is a good indicator so i don't know get rid of the draw i don't mind the idea of giving five minutes then if it's still a draw then stiff shit but i guess it kind of doesn't really fix the problem but um i'll just go just go like yeah next like more scoring shots or something like in the in the overtime if if it's still a draw like uh i don't know it's probably too complicated but um yeah, it works win in finals six, though. Um, win by six, yeah. What if you're not winning by six? What if it takes another bloody 15 minutes? I think it will be pretty rare. And it'll be funny because yeah. they want to be out on their feet. That'll be good. Anyway, I think uh, next topic is high tackle rule. Uh, Jody, oh, you're on the spot again. I don't really have an opinion on this, but where do you sit on the Ginevan fiasco? So it's not so much the Ginevan one, but like I like what they're trying to do. So I hated that players would try and create the high contact to draw freeze because it's anti the intention of the rule, which is that you want to protect players from getting head knocks and getting concussions. So rewarding them for seeking out head high contact is just awful. If you're, if you're taking head knock seriously, then I think the changes that they're trying to make have to be made, but the AFL's completely butchered the implementation is what I'll say. And uh, uh, it's something they need to fix up with like black and white for next year. But I mean, I, I think, Ginevan should have been pinged holding the ball for what it's worth. But I'm a biased SM fan, so don't listen to me. I but I do think what they're trying to do is good. And I also do think that Ginevan is being unfairly targeted. There are others that are dropping the knees just as much, but they're not getting called what Ginevan would. So I think people that are upset about that are correct. But it's not that Ginevan's being incorrectly 
uh, like not paid freeze. It's just that others should be getting pinged too and they're not. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this too much, but it's always whenever we see you, a rule. You don't want that Collingwood get... heat. You don't want the Collingwood nah. heat. It's too soft, Eno. Come nah, on. it's it's the whole it's any rule, JD. When they they sort of flip it and change it, it's like a takes like four weeks to to catch up to like it goes too far the other way. Where now like you, you can't even get you can get punched in the face almost and not get a free now. Like even not from a tackle. Like it's I don't know. It's a hard game to umpire. Like the umpire's in a pretty shitty spot. Like this has got to be the hardest sport in the world to blow a whistle to. Surely I can't think of any others that are harder. Um, so like. I mean, it's just, yeah, relying too much on them to make split-second decisions and stuff like that. Like, how are you meant to know, like, really in real time, decide, did this player drop their knees or not? Like, it's pretty freaking hard. <laughs> so they're going to have a tough time. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the, the, like, reasoning for it. Yeah. You don't like really like seeing it. Okay. And before we get – we had about 10 questions on short distribute. But before we get to that – uh, in one word, uh, will the D's finish top four? JD, yes or no? If they beat Frio this week, yes. Otherwise, no. I'm saying yeah. Yeah. I think they will. Okay, I think we can move on. <laughs> How many trades left? Oh, so Q&A time. So, yeah. If you are in the Discord uh, before podcasts, I don't know, like seven-ish on a Monday night, I'll post a thread in the Discord about um, podcast questions. People can leave them there. We get a whole bunch of them. And yeah, we try and condense it a bit because they can overlap. But first question is, how many trades left would you need to feel comfortable going short to Stuart? Because I think this is probably the number one trade. We see Stuart's fixture three at GMHBA. I think the dogs do seem to feed interceptors a fair bit uh, with all their entries inside 50. So it's a good matchup for Stuart this week. He's, he's had a break. What's his average at GMHBA? Like 160 or something. Yeah. Uh, how many trades left would you, would you be comfortable uh, doing this move? Uh, start with you, Anna. Well, you, how are you wording it, George? Because here you've got how many trades left do you need to do it? And that's just obviously one. But to feel comfortable... I would need two because I'd I'd still want one for we know what's coming. Something. Well, what's, your re- what's your remaining trade count? Once After this trade, trade is, is finished, I want one. I don't want to go to zero now. Four weeks out. The other question is, I know the upside of- is monstrous with this trade because Shorty's playing in the forward line, averaging probably like eighty. When Short can average, uh, Stewart can average 130, 120. Let's be maybe conservative, but. Yeah, so the upside's massive. What might get you an extra 150 to 200 points? I mean, that's big, 200 maybe. But yeah, 150-ish. Is that worth risking someone going down the way? I mean, you've got to, again, we've said it last week, assess what your cover's like. If it's Jake Stringer or Heaney, like sort of JD, it's probably okay. But if it's – or even Jai Cully, it's probably okay. But if it's, um, you know um, – well, I don't even barely have any. So I wouldn't do it with my cover, but – if you have decent cover, um, you can maybe go to zero, but I'm saying one. I wouldn't want to go. I want to hold on to that one more trade. Yeah, the, the other question is, did you try to hold uh, Hewitt? Because if you've got Hewitt, there's a chance he misses this week with that back again, or at least it reoccurs. Uh, so, like, I wouldn't want to be going below one for sure. So, I think you have to have at least two or three. Um, yeah, 
like I would I wouldn't be going from one to zero. That's for sure. It's not. I get I how enti- I get how enticing it is. Like <laughs> it feels like you're trading the worst defender to the best, but you are pretty much. But maybe it's a bit of me saying stuff. You guys, you don't deserve Tommy Stewart, George. After all the <laughs> shit you talk about him and not owning him, and now I'm not going to have him for the last month, which is what I was very happy to have him for. Looking at that fixture, it's going to chuck the VC on probably this week. Oh, but, I mean, yeah, he played the dogs in what? Oh, when I had 12. him last, mate, he was on 45 yep. in 20 minutes. Got, <laughs> yeah, got concussed at the oh. start of Q2. Was uh, yeah, ran into Baz's shoulder. Exactly, was on track for a 130, 140, whatever. Like, yeah, I like. Don't get me wrong, we've all had short or someone to steal him yeah. for the longest time, but well, unfortunately, we're just low on trades now. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm go zero. To, oh, I'm going to zero. I think Rory Thompson played well in the VFL. Ware's been doing okay. I had a tough matchup on the weekend. I got Cully. I got Hobbs. Probably grab Holland as well. Yeah. I, th- I just think it's. I think Stewart can put fifty points on short every week. I'd say call it one fifty over four weeks. I think he can do that. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. And that's and if all going well with team sheets, I've got Walsh and Hewitt still, and like hopefully Walsh is all good. Uh, and then yeah, Hewitt. Apparently, he is possible to come back, which is not uh, doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence because you want to hear that he will come back. But we'll see how he goes. So, all going well with team sheets. I'm gonna do it. I need to play for top one k. And if I get an injury, well, I got cover. Another injury, then I don't know. At least I know that I'll get some upside with short to short. All going well. So yeah, I'm advocate for going to zero with good cover. You guys like one trade at least in the bank. Uh, fair enough. And number two, uh, Braden, Proust, and Aaron Hall. Would you consider either of these two options, Jackson? Uh, if you have trades, sure. But uh, So who, who you'd have to have Darcy Cameron or like, yeah, Darcy or Cameron if, in your rucks. Or, or if like you a, again or something for yeah. Uh, Hall. Yeah. Um, oh boy, but the, I mean, the problem with both of these are can you count on them to play four games? Probably not. The over or under is probably not much higher than four, uh, for how many games they, they could play in a row. Uh, so if you're going down to zero trades, definitely not. Uh, you'd have to have trades in the bank to go down to either of those, I think, as options. I mean, if you're out of trades and you don't have any money, then you want to risk it for the biscuit, then by all means, they're not bad picks, but they're just big burn factor and Supercoach limited trades, not great. We think in Proust even just stays here from the last month or they seem pretty undecided. Yeah, but they you know, I wouldn't trust that. Hall's probably the one where you'd consider it just because of, again, he's like a Stewart um, got the upside to give you you know, plus Probably the similar amount of points uh, that you think Stewart can get, really, like with how with how dirty his role is. So, um, yeah, got to have trades left to do that. Uh, wouldn't be touching otherwise. I think Rowan's only 20, 30k more than Proust. So I'd probably go that route. Definitely go that route. Okay, and then um, Hall, I can't, I, I can't do it. Uh, even with trades, it's just 
I don't know. He's broken, I think. He's just had, what, three interruptions this year already. So I guess it's your risk tolerance. Kind of go for broke, go for league wins or something. But yeah, we know the issues with them. So I would not. Our third question uh, Who would you trade up first, Petrarca or Brayshaw? To get to a steal or merit? merit and which or one steel. out of those two? Is that worth a trade? I know Steele looked really good. Merritt gets north this week. Who am I less uh, inclined to keep? Uh, I'd be getting rid of Petrarca. I think I, think I hold so. Brayshaw. Yeah, I think that's where I was leaning. Yep. Uh, and if you were trading to Steele or Merritt, that's a pretty hard choice. Essendon fixture really good, isn't it? Yeah, Essendon fixture is pretty nice. And the Saints after this week gets harder. They've got Hawks, Geelong, Brisbane, Swans. Merritt has got North, as you mentioned, then GWS, Port, Richmond. (sighs) So as much as I feel like I'd say steal almost any other point in the year, maybe you have to go Merritt just based on ease of fixture. But yeah, I don't know. I'll take Steel and I'll get rid of Petrarca. Yeah. I probably wouldn't get rid of either. I would probably do nothing. Yeah, I feel like this trade could be better used, but you never know. Trade actually, track I would really go, up and down. I think, actually, I, I'd actually get rid of Brayshaw first, actually. Now I'm thinking about it, I think Petrarca's ceiling is higher, so I'd play for ceiling and go to Brayshaw to Steel if you felt that was necessary and you weren't going Stuart down back. So, yes, uh, moving on to the next question. Uh, any pods that you guys like for Supercoach finals? Anyone in mind? I mean, for me, I just like the... There's a lot of, you know, LDU, Warren has been really good players like this. Um, for me, I just like going the players that have been good, especially in the back half of the year, and just stick to those. Um, just you never know when, you know, these players could drop a bad score because they've been on hot streaks. They've never really done it for full seasons. Or even like someone like a Max Scorn might be a good option. Um, scored well on the weekend. Do you guys have any pod in mind, or would you just rather play it safe? Uh, start uh, with Eno. Dylan Moore, mate. Big big pod in the in the league finals. He'll get you across the line. Now I think Gorn's a good shout. Obviously Stewart, ones I've already mentioned. Um, not something I think about too much. I think having a trade uh, in a final could be smarter sometimes you know even mid midweek i know i think i used to think about that five years ago but you know say you're behind or want to cover off someone to win a matchup you can use a trade and do that so i think maybe saving for that instead of forcing in a pod to sort of win a game i think just play it by ear with your opponent um but i'm not really a league expert i'll be honest jd yeah i guess it <laughs> you were a bit of an expert mate oh I'm definitely it's Back where in the I started. Day. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely where I started. So I still got a few league strategies. Few I've got a got a got a pretty good um record, <laughs> but I've changed made sure all my cash leagues have prizes for most overall points now. Uh, so yeah. I can still yeah. play in my leagues and get money each year, but I generally don't win finals now because I've burnt all my trades. Um but in terms of like I guess it depends on whether you care about four rounds left or just the last couple, because if for the last four rounds, like I think this is where you just start looking at fixtures. So um, you want to find players that are playing probably two or three of uh, like Collingwood if they're a midfielder, North, Adelaide, Richmond if they're a midfielder, 
uh, Hawks, Crows. So if, if they're playing lots of those, then I think you're in the money. So some teams that stand out for me would be Swans. They play GWS, which is easy. North, which is easy. Collingwood, which is easy for mids. And then they've got St Kilda in the last round, which isn't too bad either. Um, you've got Essendon that plays North this week, which we touched on. GWS, which is good. Uh, Port, Port Richmond, yeah. and then Richmond. Uh, and then I think there's one other team that has a really good run home. Can anyone remember what is it? Is it Adelaide that's still got a good run from here? West I think Coast it is. North together, back-to-back run, 21-22. We got Carlton yep. this week, not easy. They smashed us last time. Uh, I forgot one... about that with Laird. Oh. That's why I'm stuffed. Laird fixed. I think, I think it's Port. Uh... So Port play Collingwood, uh, Richmond, Essendon, Adelaide. So like literally four plus matchups for a midfielder. So I don't know if I could go wines, but you could look at Boke or Rosie as um, potential pods. Uh, Rosie's been yeah. good. For Swans, I think you could look at Warner. Parker's obviously already heavily owned. But as CBA's shot back up, he could be a shout. Could be. 450k. Yeah, he got them all back. He lost them all for two weeks and he got them back, I think. This is 22 here. So mm, he could be one, I guess. Um, for Essendon, I don't think there's really our, our Dylan Shield. Oh, we tried to mention that. He is on fire. <laughs> over. Oh, no. That's GG. He's, he's, or Lip scored an 84, so he still did all right. What did Rao go? Was he the worst of the three? Yeah, I don't think he went too well. Uh, 79. All right, not that far off the pace. Oh, either. close. Wait, wasn't Second. there only a few points in it? There's not. There was basically even next last week. So I think Shield probably taking the lead now. Anyway, I think we can move on to the next question, which is probably more for you, JD. Uh, I think yep. I didn't take too much interest <laughs> in fantasy this year, but is there anything... In fantasy, um, in terms of, we'll say, anything that you've learned in fantasy, we'll say, um, that has helped you, you think, for your super coach team playing fantasy for the first time this year? Yeah, so this is probably stuff that we'll talk about a bit more in the off season. Definitely. Uh, the being aggressive with points on field mindset is one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, probably, I've like, after seeing that with fantasy and how the best do it in that format this year, I've realized I've been too conservative with super coach um, holding sometimes. Uh, that's probably one. I'd say the other thing that you really underestimate is the snowball effect. So in fantasy, when your team is good and you're ahead, it feels like you're one or two weeks ahead of the competition every week. So this week, for example, Darcy Cameron dropped a 34 and I'd moved him out for Bailey Smith. So it was like a plus 70 point trade for me this week. Not many people were in the position to do that. And that's part of the reason why I'm staying ahead because you end up being one or two two weeks ahead on all these trades. Um, and like an example this year is the week before we were going to get Oliver just because he'd bottomed out in price, right? And we had other things to worry about. What did he drop? Like a 180 or something like that? And he made yeah. his really high break even. And uh, it just was really painful for us, right? 
if you're one week ahead and you've got that snowball rolling, then you're the player in Supercoach that's picking up Oliver on that week and you're getting that little bit on the competition each week. So I think that's the other thing that just I've really observed in fantasy that I've never felt or noticed the same effect in Supercoach. So yeah, there's other things to talk about, but those are the two that come to mind when you bring it up. Yeah, I think they're great points. I mean, I've learned so much from fantasy. I think, yeah, points on the field mindset, as you were saying, when I was behind early in the year, I was just thinking, I've got to get points on the field now. Use trades, keep rolling with the team. I finished my team in round 14. Um, even there was a point, I think in round 12, like I, I think I did the Heaney to English. I wasn't planning on doing anything because the team was basically done. Um, so just finishing the team early. And then, you know, I think, you know, you were, you had injuries, I think, like a, like a Bailey Smith or something. And I think, I can't remember you with you, JD, but like you guys didn't finish your team until like round 15. Uh, yeah. So that's basically like for me that has finished the team. I guess you guys got a bit unlucky with Bailey Smith. But I was well ahead, I guess, in terms of having the final team and I didn't have to deal with um, fielding rookies post-buy, which I think yeah, that's when I made my jump post-buy, um, like the week after post-buy. And then mm. since then it's just been stagnated. So I mean, yeah, getting like- points on the field. For other Supercoach series, right, this is why we talk about upgrade cadence and why with the boosts and the extra trades, it was all around how to use them to upgrade your team earlier because the points on field and being that one week ahead is really important. It's just we never really articulate it like that. And when you play fantasy, you just see how much of a difference it makes being, you know, one trade ahead of your opponents every week. It's 50 points a week. Over 10 weeks, that's 500 points, right? That's the gap between you and first now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably one for you, Eno. Uh, this person has one trade left, um, and they have Darcy Cameron. Do they get rid of him? Say they have good cover. Yeah, one trade left. It's tough because again, like the short to stew, I'd like to hold on to it. But I think DC. Uh, I think his time. His time is nigh. It's like I saw it the week before. He's a full. He was full forward man for like I want to say seventy percent. Cox is all the ruck time now, which I don't know. I, mean, I guess part of it is DC's a, a, a pretty good forward, but Cox is pretty good himself. So I don't know the full reasoning behind it, but I think Cox had 24, 26 hit outs on the weekend. DC had 10. He was forward majority of the game. It wasn't like a 50-50 like it's used to be. So that's a, it's tough because I said no with, with Shorty to Stew, but... I think the writing sort of on the wall with this one, um, whether Grundy's back next week or or not, I think it's the roles just not there anymore, like it, like it used to. And who knows, it could could flip again. Uh, I think McRae has shown pretty uh, intently just to to switch things around, even mid game and and do whatever. But oh, the one trade makes it tough. I want to say no because one trade, I just want to hold on to that. But I think DC's done, unfortunately. Yep. So you boys have one trade left. I'm probably going to have zero unless uh, I get carnage at um, team sheets and can't do shot to Stewart. But you guys have one. Uh, what round do you guys plan on using this trade? Like if you have, I don't know, two weeks to go, you're going to use it or you're just going to wait for just purely for injury the entire year? JD? So the week after everyone buckles and uses that last trade is the week we get a season-ending injury for someone important. So I'm waiting to hold my one trade until everyone else has used all theirs. That is Season what I'm ending. waiting for. Yeah, as in like yeah, a one four. week up. 
Yeah, well, I mean, a hamstring. A hamstring now is season ending, really. Uh, yeah, but I mean, so, what week is this happening? Round 22, and then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, well, so I guess right. So you, you're probably week. right. If we get to round 22 and I still have it, I'll probably use it. Yeah. Um, Boys, Nick Dacos is the exact same money as Tom Stewart by the dollar. No, he's not. You lie. Do I do it really? now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a sign. Like, no, no, I've you can't. Said, no, Surely you can't. Trade. no, I know, I can't, I can't, because an injury's coming, eh? But I feel so robbed it not is. having Tom Stewart for the last month that I just feel like I deserve to have him back. I deserve him. Yep, George's famous quote, I deserve him, but I do. Started him in round one, copped all this crap, gastro, decides to KO one of my midfielders, makes us lose that game, plays best on ground. I'm not uh, if he if I sit through like a 140 average for a month without having it, I'll be pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and watch George celebrate to the cows come home. Yeah, Kinda wanna cover it to off that. too, so you so I can still catch up to you. <laughs> it's my only chance, otherwise you're gonna catch me, honestly, but we'll see how if I go to enjoy. zero, you get a zero little handshake. <laughs> <go there>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it still worth doing Crips to steal? So Crips still still put thirty on Crips, but I think Crips has looked better the past two weeks. Um, for me, oh. I I think it's Stuart, short to Stuart as a priority. If that's something you have yeah. more trades, I think Crips to steal the week after is something you could do. Um, but you don't have short. I, think, I still think you can do that. I'm okay with that. But Crips I think it costs 90k, a, George. That's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. That's only well, so I think as well. Yeah. Which means to me that if you've got Shorty, you go or even Crisp to Stew. Say they got rid of Shorty already. Would you do Crisp to Stew or Crips to Steel? Oh, I think I don't know what's happened to Crisp. Um, The Clangers are just getting worse. It's pretty obvious if you still had Shorty and Crips, you're getting rid of Shorty to Stew. Is is more upside, right? So maybe in this instance, they've already gotten rid of Shorty or whatever. Is is Crisp to Stu still the same amount? I I think it is. I'm waiting for the turnaround from Crisp, and it's just not happening. What I will say actually is Maynard's Maynard's gone down actually. So if Maynard's out for the year, I'd actually maybe do the steal. Because he's trust me, fall of the ball. Well, more fall of the ball. He's kicking. It, It it's it's bad. But when he gets a run from the back line, that's from his best back, attribute. Yeah. yeah. Less chance of fucking up. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Just handball and run. <laughs> what do you reckon, uh, yeah. Jackson? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think short's still a priority trade. Well, do we have his what his CBAs were this week? Shorty, I think it was like six total. Which, uh, percent, of, or like oh, that was the number, like 24% or something. Yeah, there wasn't many goals kicked. Hold on, I'll grab it for you, but... Um, I'm trying to look at the same time. How do I so spell Presti, Presti had 16. Yeah, Shorty had six. So what's that? Maybe it's like a 30, 40%. Yeah. Anyway, it was um, 33%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was a slight bump on last week's when we had 15%. Yeah, no, I'm still trading short, I think. God, I don't want either of my sides. Awful. Um, do we uh, wait? Fixtures. Oh, both of them have tough fixtures, right? Neither of them have. Fr- yeah, yeah. Whoever. Anyway, um, if Hewitt is out again, do you keep holding for the Crips? Yep. 
Or, okay, or uh, Hewitt himself. Did you oh, mean Hewitt himself? Hewitt, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, if you held for it's one back, week. It's a back, dude. If he's out again. But, so this is the problem, right? I'll if you held if he's for out one again. week and you expect him to be one week, like, shouldn't logic dictate you hold again? Uh, but if you're worried, you're worried you're you're trading, people though. are trading short instead. So you just switched over to Hewitt instead of short. Yeah, exactly. It's a high priority trade at the moment. It's not playing. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we've already gone over Git Evans. We got a question for that. So that's fine. So that's a QA. I've got over rookies and captains. So rookies, Jai Cully is getting the most CBAs at West Coast. I didn't see that coming. I think last week we said Cully or Carmichael. I said Carmichael. You said Cully, JD. I fluffed that one. So definitely Cully is the best cover you can get for 102K. Uh, leading the CBA's big-bodied mid and He looks ready to go. He looks quite good. I figured he was 19 and his waffle numbers weren't super great. Um, but, yeah, he's been really, really good. So he's one. Yeah, I I definitely get him for cover if you need cover. Um, prioritizing premiums first, of course. And Hollands was quite good. I have him behind Cully. Uh, yeah, I, thought, I think he's fun to watch. I thought he played... I reckon he was half forward. I missed probably the first quarter and a half, but it looked like he was playing a half forward role. Uh, but yeah, do like Holland's good few nice kicks inside 50. So do like him, but prefer Jai Cully. Um, anything to add on any rookies, boys? No, I just shout out Noah Cumberland. Like, unfortunately, what happened at the end of the game, but he's been Richmond's best forward for the last three weeks, which is pretty crazy considering the other talent they've got in there. So we... We had him below some of the other options, but I just want to say, like, super impressed by him again. He's a very good player. Yeah. 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 Although oh. it's, it's not hard to look too good with the small forwards and, and all the stupid shit they do. But, I yeah, he's been that, awesome. The only other question is, like, does Carmichael get a spot again this week? Because... Uh, he got subbed out. He's gone up in so price. Maynard, Maynard, right? So, so yeah. I, like, it's just interesting for those that already have him as cover. Um because, like, yeah, Chris going back and then Carmichael coming mm. to play midfield and forward of the ball, given he can hit the scoreboard, makes sense Might to me. Might be good for you. Yeah. Yep. Also, yeah, Sonsi, but I think Kelly clear over Sonsi, but he looks good, mm. though. Oh, uh, don't mind Sonsi. Did you chat Hollands already? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, just, Holland's just like second. the actual game, I missed it. I don't know for for whatever reason. I keep he could have kicked three goals. Ball. He was playing all right. Uh, um, he, oh, man, we, we should have had him from the start of the year. That's a sad. Yeah, hopefully he's like cheap next year by some miracle. But I think he's going to play out the year. But I think we'll move on to captains now. So captains are quite difficult this week because we have a lot of nice matchups. You know, Clary plays on the on the Friday night which is it's always going to be hard to pass up Clary VC. Steel plays Hawthorne. Uh, pretty easy matchup for mids. Laird's is pretty much as safe as they come at the moment. And then Tuke plays West Coast. And Neil plays Richmond. And so there's a lot of great North. options. Yeah, yeah, there's just options left, right, and center here. I've freaking got sure. them all. It's annoying. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. So Merritt has... <laughs> Merritt plays last. Honestly, it's going to be hard not to take a good VC here if you get one because there's a lot of good options. This is a, this has stumped me. I actually am leaning towards going all the way and leaving it till I don't have steel. I'd go steel VC if I could. I might go VC took into Neil on the Sunday. I should have a loop with Judson Clark there. 
any thoughts on what do you guys what are your plans for captain so far uh jd oh it's so hard this week so i i like steel vice captain against hawks the most but i don't have steel so i'm looking at um laird or oliver vc i think probably laird i like oliver fading it worried me and then oh actually maybe i go took miller vc and then merit captain uh, Remember two in round one, they the three G, uh, Gold Coast boys went nuts on West Coast. Like Wits mm. round two went like four fifty uh, points. The holy, between them the holy Trinity! I had so yeah. much hope in the year after that round. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all, all I was spamming was those three. Um, uh, yeah, like um, North have been giving up massive scores to mids. They gave up three one twenties on the weekend. So. Yeah, this is so tough. Um, in situations like this, I actually look at like what the fantasy... This is, by the way, something else picked up for fantasy. What the fantasy people will project out on this. Uh, and then those that like I'm most biased towards from a Supercoach perspective and they look good from a fantasy perspective, I'll probably take those, just use as another cross-check. Um, something else I've, I've uh, started doing this year, which has been really handy. But yeah, I think it will be Laird into took or merit or nil or into merit i don't think i'm going to trust neil he looks a little bit out of form at the moment if i'm being honest okay even though he's gone back to back 120s <sighs> right now i've got jack Steele into merit so you think i'd get a decent one out of those two they were both my c options on yesterday and i was watching merit going nuts and i'm like oh shit jack Steele. hope you, you better help me out <laughs> <laughs> thank god he did yeah he had a massive third i think um so i think i'll stick with those two again they're, they're in pretty good form merits in in unreal form and when you get north i mean do they put they don't put time into anyone <laughs> no, no, like... don't. no don't. <laughs> uh, so the person we haven't talked about at all is bonton pelly so if we go by yeah. um, like five round average you've got Laird at 141, Bont at 137, Oliver at 135, Merritt at 133, Miller 131, and then it jumps down to Steele at 121. With an injury score in there probably too. Yeah. yeah, so I think those six really are your option. But we haven't talked about Bont, which is interesting. We've overlooked in the last two weeks as well. Any thoughts about him against Geelong? Because he's in ripping form at the moment. Yeah, even Stewart in that game as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like I like the bond as a pick. I reckon he went one forty on him last year from memory. He went yeah one hundred nine this year, one forty three in twenty one, and then one twenty two in twenty twenty. And the the really nice thing is obviously he's been moved back into that midfield a lot more, um, shouldering a lot more of the load. Put it yeah, this I think way: it's a good if, option. If, if you walk away this week with a bad captaincy score, you'll be you'll be absolutely flat. Like, yeah, surely you'll, you'll get a pretty decent one here. <laughs> one thing we do talk a lot about is like benchmarks, and I do think your benchmark should change based on the strength of the captain options. The other options, and yeah. The other ones, so, yeah. what what would you realistically take this week? I'm still oh. taking a 120. I think, yeah, I think 130. But like I always say that, and then a 127 happens, I'll still take it. So. I honestly yep. don't see you not taking steel this week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll split the middle and say like a 125 is probably what I'm taking this week. But yeah, I think Laird into Merit is what I've got it on for now. 
The West Coast tag, not really. They tag themselves. <laughs> Tim Kelly, all time. Tim Kelly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's Caleb crazy. Daniels' cold winter game is now second yeah. worst game of all time. Uh, at least no one owns Kelly. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, any final words, boys? Closing rip to, thoughts. Rip to Paul Curtis, my cover. Get well, mate. Got COVID. Okay. So oh. get well soon, Paul. King Paul, I call him. So my bench is looking yeah. mighty thin, boys. <laughs> I think I got yep. Maurice if he's sub again. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm uh, blessing all bench rookies to come back this week. Dan Brosio in for Redmond. Thompson Machito. in for Machito on, in Machito. for Billings. Uh, I don't think Hamilton's getting another game this year. He clearly isn't in favor. And then poor yeah. Judson Clark is being held out by Noah Cumberland for forever. So I don't think he's coming back either. Maybe we get the Teakle. Would you loop Teakle and Big O, George? Oh, you can't. <laughs> no, I can't, but I can. Uh, we, so we, love Josh, we love Josh Dunkley, but I can loop Dunkley with Cully. Oh, I, don't see, I don't see why I shouldn't do it this week. Yeah, if it's pot, I, I mean, if it's free, why not? Yeah. Do All right, so th- this is actually like tough, right? So do I, um, I put the like loophole Heaney or Dunkley with Stringer? Forget Stringer. I think mate. you trust Dunks. You trust Dunks. Yeah. I, he's got a three-round average of match-up? 70 good or match-up. something. Giants. Yeah. Didn't Heaney go nuts round Dunks one? Was 100 in, Dunks was 100 in DT in fantasy, 60 in Supercoach. Yeah. Just butchers it a bit at times. Although Stringer plays north. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Stringer plays north, and uh, Heaney went 140 on GWS. Uh, yeah, the other person will probably – oh, the other op, um, thing I need to decide is do I put the Eon Petrarca or Crips to loophole and potentially with Stringer as well? Because Stringer can swap between the two lines. So I've got to pick two to bench um, for Stringer. Weirdly, I'll just say track. I don't know. Track will lift this week, I think. Need a win. Yeah. No, he didn't last week. See what he makes for uh, dinner on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> What? Have you seen these? Oh, I'll show no. you later, JD. He's he's been posting one a week, like match day feed, and for him, like full master chef. <laughs> <laughs> They're like editing everything to like different angles, and he's like chopping up shit. I'm not serious. I'm serious. It's weird as sponsorships coming out of his ass. That bloke. Yeah. Anyway, I think that we'll leave it at that. I think we did under an hour, boys. I reckon maybe we did Might over fifty minutes. Uh, I think that will be okay. Anyway, thanks for thanks to everyone for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.